Regularly scheduled Sunday evening dose of the Chair Shop Podcast is back. We've got life and wrestling and all matter of media to discuss on this. Uh, yeah, I call this a you know, mildly balmy summer's evening. You know what I mean? We're not doing too bad. It's been a bit up, been a bit down, but uh, not too bad here in in old Limerick City. But this is, of course, a simulcast. As it always is, literally every week we've done this show, except that one time I did it on my own. Uh, we are joined, as always, by Paul Griffin, the producer. That's me. And also, the London contingent, Mr. Joe Towner. Uh, good evening, Barry and Paul. Folks, we've got a, a hell of a show coming up for you this week. We've got uh, various goffs, we've got emails, we've got all that jazz we've got the return of joe joe's going to catch us up on all his uh all his uh, uh opinions and, and what we got wrong last time yeah. um he's coming through with our new segment joe's corrections uh, shut up birds sorry the birds are back everyone outside my my window it's the summer <laughs> time back. again the they, well it's like they went away for about a year and now because it, it's summer again uh, yeah. I don't know if it's mating or what, but the seagulls are just going ballistic outside my window uh, because I sort of live by the beautiful River Shannon, uh, mm. and and, and well, it's so are they seagulls or river gulls? Um, well, I don't see them year round, so I think they do go by the sea usually, and then they come around here for the summer. I don't know okay. if it's vacation or what, but uh, maybe yeah, maybe they sort of downgrade to a river. For the summer yeah. holidays, because the the economy and stuff, yeah, they they come to Limerick rather than Dublin. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so when Joe's back, he's gonna he's gonna run through that. But you know, we're gonna scale things way back here. Let's jump way back to the beginning here, and let's talk a little bit of life golf. Starting with yourself, Joe. I suppose you've been away. What you've been up to? Where where were you? And, and what have we missed in your life since we last spoke? Oh, lots of stuff. So I went to uh, Yorkshire last weekend. Um, we went on the Friday, went up to a little town called Bridlington um, on, the, on the east coast of the UK. It's in Yorkshire. Um, we were very um, kind of posh reason for going, which is we went to an art exhibition a few months ago um, by renowned British artist David Hockney. Um, and he had lived, he's from Yorkshire, he lives in LA now, but he went back to Bridlington in Yorkshire for a year. And painted all the local kind of countryside through the changing seasons, and we loved this um, exhibition so much. We thought, let's let's go there for a weekend. That'll be a nice kind of classy getaway. Um, and so we actually did it, um, and it was very nice. We got lucky with the weather. It was uh, last weekend where we had some some very nice sun on the on the Saturday and Sunday. Uh, yeah, and it was very nice. It's a typical kind of seaside town, you know. It's got rock and fudge and. Ooh. Mr. Whippy ice cream for a pound, which I couldn't believe me luck. Uh, you know, uh, selling, um, was, was there shops selling tat, seaside tat? Um, yeah, I've, I don't know if you've ever seen a uh, willy on a lollipop before. <laughs> but if you want that, you can get a lovely big willy that you can suck on for a laugh. Um, oh, but, but, oh, but it's not, oh, that's like but, something I like. Oh. Barry, Barry, it's 2019, mate. 
So they've also got fannies on sticks as well. So <laughs> hashtag me too. Oh god! So yeah. you know, no no sexism. They got both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and all your usual stuff like fairgrounds and boats and things and all of that. But it was nice. We went for a very long walk in the countryside, which was kind of the main reason for going to to see all the scenery. Um, It was very nice, but it was on the Saturday where it was baking hot. um, And we walked about 15 miles um, there and back out into the country. Uh, Got quite burnt on my neck. Um, I think I did. I did put sun cream on, but I probably just sweated it all off in the first half an hour, so um, it wasn't much use. I forgot to take a hat as well, which is criminal. If it, oh. if it's sunny, always take a hat. That's my advice, please, people. Water hat and sun cream. Mm. Um, yeah, otherwise, otherwise good. Um, other thing we've been up to. I mentioned when I was last on the show that we were house hunting. Mm. Um, so we went to view one on th- last Thursday evening, liked it, made an offer on the Friday. Offer was accepted over the weekend. Oh. Um, so spend this week kind of trying to figure out how you buy a house because we don't really know. I don't know what you have to do. <laughs> making, the, making the offer was like the really easy bit. Yeah. Then you, then you have to apply for a mortgage. And find a solicitor. Yeah, I believe when you make an offer, you have to then pay the money. That's the complicated. I know, I know. They don't oh, you do it. <laughs> the rules. Oh. I will give you one million for that, please. Oh, I win. Great. Oh. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. So this is mine now, right? I out, I out, I outmanned you, but my 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 daring bids. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there's a lot of like paperwork and trying to find utility bills with your name and address on so you can oh. prove who you are. And of course, you know, we all have bills on paper sent to us because it's the 1980s, for fuck's sake. I just, look, it's email. Just let me show you my emails. Come on, that's proof, isn't it? Anyway, all of that. But hopefully it'll be sorted um, soon enough. Um, there's no chain. The guy's not waiting to buy another place and obviously we're not we're renting so that should make it a lot less complicated so i i believe so um yeah i will update you on how that goes over the next weeks and months hopefully it won't take too long mm-hmm. are you um would you consider yourself handy um i mean i'll give it a go i'll give her the handiwork a go okay but um it's basically it's in decent condition to be fair it's not not too much to do in the excuse is already started. <laughs> ah, that works. Whatever. Well, well, that pipe, that's supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Looking forward to that hopefully happening. Um, also went, so yesterday went to a housewarming party with a friend I used to work with, um, which was pleasant, except for the fact that she sort of lives kind of out in the countryside, like quite far outside London. So it took us about two hours to get there on the train, um, which was nice. But then you're a bit knackered because you spent four hours on the train, then been yeah. to the party. But, uh, you know, we've seen them once now. So that'll probably be it for a year or maybe a few. So, you know what I mean? Done. Then they can come to us. Then it'll be another year. You know what I mean? Kind of done it. So that was nice at least. Um, that's about it. It's been a good, been a busy week. Busy, somewhat stressful. But lots of good things happening. 
So, you know, can't complain. Good stuff. Well, speaking of um, domestic bliss and, and, you know, being a handyman about the house, Mm. Uh, I have some friends coming over in about two weeks uh, to my to my apartment for for a lovely weekend in in Limerick, and then we're going up to the OTT show on on, on the Sunday. Um, and I don't have enough, you know, uh, uh, beds and stuff for these people. I've got like, you know, uh, my roommate will be home that weekend, so his his space will be occupied. Mm. Uh, I can put two in my bed, and I was like, I might take a couch, Ooh, but um, <laughs> I will not put some in the bed. Um, <laughs> But um, now the thing is, my my couches are terribly uncomfortable to sleep on, so I don't mind taking that for for a weekend. But I feel bad putting a guest on it, and uh, one of my guests has taken the couch before and remarked how uncomfortable it is. So I was like, I tell you what, I do right. They're down fairly often enough, and then there's also the odd occasion where me and the roommate will go out, and one of our compatriots maybe lives outside of town and he misses a late bus, so he can't get a cab. He'll stay with us on the couch as well. I'm like, okay, you know what? We will get good use out of an airbed, right? So I'll invest in this airbed and we'll get great use out of it. So, like, I go to Argos and I get this. I, you know, I, I dropped a, you know, a, a pretty penny. I didn't get some twenty quid, you know, piece of tat, uh, gentlemen. I, I paid seventy euro for this airbed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a double airbed and it came uh, with an electric pump that was mains connected. So you just plugged it in and. Um, uh, and and that was supposed to be the job, and it, and it inflated in like 120 seconds or yeah. something. Said. So so I brought this thing home, and I was like, right, I'm going to test this immediately, make sure it works. So I take it out of the box, plug it in, turn it on, and it sounded like probably about 10 vacuums going off at once, um, and old vacuums, not a fancy trendy Dyson that's nice and silent, mm-hmm. just super loud. And I immediately got embarrassed because there was nobody home, but I was just like, my neighbors are going to think i'm in here kicking three vacuums around the kitchen for fun uh it's so fucking loud and so i i was hoping it would just it would blow up nice and quick and then i could just plug it out so that i wouldn't have to you know have it so loud uh but it just sat there and it wasn't inflating and of course uh, whenever anything whenever anything like that goes wrong i look at it for about two minutes i turn it off and turn it back on again and when the same thing happens it goes well I, i'm officially out of ideas i'm certainly not going to go agree with it and see what might be you know broken or wrong uh so i just take that back to argos and thankfully they they refunded me fairly quickly um a relatively hassle-free return but uh if any listeners have an airbed they're not using um it's chairshoppodcast.com you want to select barry from the drop down menu uh, i'm not paying you for it second hand um so uh so get in touch um and uh, and a nice shout out to the fine folks at Argos for taking that back from me um yeah that has been the peak of my excitement this week lads i i, I bought and returned an airbed in the space of about four hours oh, so dear. well i can top that one actually because yesterday um it was cleaning the house we hadn't cleaned for we'd been away obviously last week so cleaned for a little while so needed a good cleaning uh, got the old Hoover out. It's one of them cordless ones you charge up. Was whizzing around with it. Uh, broke the whole pipe thing off. Snapped it right off. Um, halfway through the Hoovering. So that's a pop out uh, today. Luckily, went to Argos. Very handy. They have it in stock. Got myself a brand new Hoover. Um, tell you what, lads. Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. What? It, this will suck up any dirt you got. I'm not kidding. Uh, very good. It's got like a little trigger on it, um, so you can put it in uh, kind of quick fire mode or always on mode. So yeah, it's a good, good piece of kit. Got very excited for that. That's probably the highlight of this weekend. The Hoover. 
Um, so if you need any Hoover advice, you know who to come to. You know, you know who to come to. Handy Joe. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Paul? What's going on in the old life? Well, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking, fuck, I wish I, wish I had Joe's life. <laughs> he'd go into our exhibitions, he'd go into Bridlington, <laughs> get in the house, doing his cemetery gang thing. Now he's got the best Hoover in the world. Um, I had not much life left for me. Um, quite a week. Um, I mean the 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 most notable thing was there's some uh festival on in Dublin, and so it's that time of the year where where te- city centre is just full of you know bright orange people. I think I complain about it every year. <laughs> Um, so the train was packed on the way home from work on on Friday, and uh, and I was standing standing in the car the corner of one of the carriages because there was no seat available. That's all right. Yeah. I'm a young man; I can stand. It's all right. So I'm standing in the corner <laughs> with my bag under my feet. Take the backpack off on the train. Good train etiquette, and that. Uh, and these these two. Um, uh, nice people, come on, right? They, <laughs> that. Uh, and they they just stand like in such a way that I, I'm pinned into the corner. Uh, they're standing there drinking their monster. Ed- no, you know what it was? Uh, shit, this was um because I had the, the, the t-shirts on. This is just what's reminded me. This was the Westlife concert in Croke Park this week. Yes, that's what, yeah, yeah. Oh, these Westlife fans, they come on. Oh, they're still going, are they? Drinking cans of Monster Energy drink, the two of them. So I'm standing there in the corner. A disgusting beverage. A disgusting beverage for some disgusting people. Uh, drinking away. Uh, and I'm, yeah, yeah. Just just pinned in the corner. And it was it was very uncomfortable. That train just got so, so full. Oh, man. Um, there was something else I was going to bring up, but I forget what it was now. What did we do today? We were Sorry, did, they do any, did they do anything other than just exist on the same train as you? Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, they exist. It was, they existed, and they drank Monster Energy drink. That's when you mentioned Monster Energy drink. That's what kind of dragged my memory of it. It was just really, really uncomfortable. That's all it was. And it, it was like they had no spatial awareness because they they could have stood slightly further from me, but they stood in such a way that I really couldn't move from the corner where I was. Like there was one standing directly in front of me, leaning onto the onto the thing, and there was one standing directly to my right, leaning on the rail there. And then, you know, the diameter of their tum-tums meant I couldn't go the diagonal way. <laughs> so I was just, just, just stuck, just stuck. Um, uh, yeah, we went into Dublin then today, get a few bits and pieces, do a little bit of um, the old shopping, the old retail therapy, you know, for me to come to terms with my trauma in the week of being pinned on a train. Um, maybe the most mundane... Uh, you know, anecdote I've ever told in this podcast. Uh, got some donuts from Offbeat Donut Company that'll help me and you know get my belly all big that I can battle these people on trains. Belly bouncing out of the way to try and pin me in. Um, what else we get? Natty got some new Joy Cons for a Switch because one of them was starting to drift. the The control stick was starting to go go out of sync. Um, and do you know what I did the other day as well? Here's a, here's a little feature. I listened to a really old episode of CSP. 
Oh, was that was that completely horrendous? Uh, yeah, I came off like a clueless idiot on it. You'll be surprised to hear. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. Worse than normal. Um, God. It was... The, the, the name of the episode is WrestleWomania. It's like episode 246 or something. So nearly 200 episodes ago at this stage. Maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, four years ago. Okay. And uh, I opened the show with the idea that we should stop doing life guff because um, it, it <laughs> I think it was a week where we really had nothing to talk about. So it was, it was uh, a, a poor week for the old content. Uh, let's not say that this week's been great with my story of people on a train. <laughs> but, um, and, and don't forget, I bought an airbed and had to take it back, Paul. And Fanny's on sticks. So <laughs> this has been an award-winning episode. <laughs> Is the Sony still a thing? <laughs> so I came up with the, the idea that we instead of life cuff, what we should do is discuss like topical entertainment stories. Oh god! Um, <laughs> which so, which? Uh, what about this Hollywood pedophile ring? Uh, <laughs> well, this is the thing, <laughs> folks. Have you seen this in the news? <laughs> <laughs> this led on to a discussion about uh, like protests and how. Um, Essentially, how annoying pro- people who protest are, um, <laughs> and I, I kept trying to like get a point going that like, is there a way to protest without being, you know, massively inconvenient to people who aren't interested? And you guys very <laughs> straightforwardly and logically and rationally, I don't know why I had a problem with that back in the day. Um, we're saying like, no, because the point of the protest is is to raise awareness and to be visible and to. Bring attention to the cause. And, yeah. Oh, man, it was it was very painful listening for me, listening back. I, I don't know what, what was I'd been doing that day. Maybe I got hit in the head with a brick or something. Um, but uh, funny listening back to the old episodes, but it, it was a bad one for me to pick as a random a random listen. So if you're ever listening back to old ones, uh, avoid, uh, avoid 246. Go straight to 247. Or I would say avoid listening to them and, and judging us on, on prior opinions. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think Barry said, well, what? <laughs> I think Barry suggested the topic of abortions. And I would say, no, the idea, the idea was to do light entertainment, not talking about abortions. Oh, I also made the bold proclamation that Ireland were going to vote no to gay marriage as well. Oh, good thing we were doing the prediction game back then. That would have been a big new for me. I thought that that was going to pass, but I I thought it was going to be extremely close, and I wouldn't have been surprised if it didn't. I don't know if I said that at the time, but... Yeah. I thought both of our referendums in the last four years, the gay marriage one and the abortion one, I thought they were both going to be like Um, 50-50. And in hindsight, that was silly to say about the gay marriage one, but I'm I'm still shocked at the, the... relative landslide that the abortion referendum went through on. I mean, that was, you know, I, I, I wouldn't judge anyone for assuming both of those things would have been shot down given our, given our country's history, you know? Yeah. Uh, I can't believe the divorce referendum was the most hotly contested one of our lifetimes. That one was literally like 49.9 versus 50.1%. I mean, that was, that was actually the most competitive just to legalize it. But, um, so yes, I, you know, it's nice to take a trip down memory lane and see where we came from, as embarrassing as it may be. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, we will we will jump on to various uh, pop culture uh, topics now. Uh, no telegraph or anything for anyone. Nobody nobody watched that old uh, Stranger Things gimmick yet. No, I still need to watch season two before I go on to season three. Season two is real forgettable and has some shite in it. I've heard uh, I've heard three is good though. Yeah, I've I've heard three is good. And two wasn't terrible. It was just to be honest, I've I've never really loved Stranger Things. I've never gotten the like it's it's insanely popular. Like it's so it's so beloved. It's like I, I remember thinking season one was like that was cool and I was like, Oh, if they if they don't do another season of that I'm cool with that, which at the time was the was the going theory. And then season two was kind of a little bit worse and kinda of, and, and kind of felt like they were jumping the shark a little bit. Um, but they're, yeah, I've heard this is good, and it looks like they are changing the uh, the pace and the tone of it. It looks like they've gone in a bit of a different direction, and um, so I'm excited to check it out. I was actually going to do it today, but time kind of got away from me, and, and obviously we have to do this show. So, um, so yeah, maybe next week we'll have a chit chat about that. Um, uh, also, not a whole lot of game golf either. I guess I've got the only contribution for game golf this week. Uh, I was I bought Super Mario Maker two today on the old nintendo switch mm-hmm. um i loved i watched a huge volume of mario maker related content uh, a couple of years ago when the first game came out people make levels people play in levels some of the crazy stuff uh, uh people made just in terms of level design but also in terms of really innovative and bizarre mechanisms uh paul did you ever see the story of, of that guy who basically made Basically, it's just an automated track that you can't move off of, and it's basically a lottery of whether or not some enemies in an unrelated chamber in the level will hit a P block and cause you to fall to your death. Right. Have you seen no, I haven't seen this one, no. It's, okay. it's really, really fascinating, and it's basically, I think it had a, a 0% clear rate because it's, the, it's like the enemies are bouncing around this tiny little space. And if they hit a P block that's in there, the, the the floor of your of the platform Mario's on falls through and he dies. And you can't you can't do anything to avoid it. It's literally just the lottery of those enemies going around that space. It, like little things like that they've made are are, are just fascinating. <clears throat> but of course, I didn't have a Wii U, so I, I couldn't join in on any of this uh, tomfoolery. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on the Mario Maker Two thing. Um, I haven't actually made a level yet. Uh, I'm just playing through the story mode, um, and I'm about two hours into that, and it is it is a lot of fun. Um, uh, what I like so far is that the story mode, it's, it's not just showing off, you know, here's what Mario levels look like, here's what this enemy does, here's what this item does. It's it's giving you, it's actually actively encouraging people to have some of those more out-of-the-box ideas um, uh, in terms of, you know, you're not just making a conventional Mario level. There's one in the early stages of the story mode where it's like, here's a level where you have to kill X amount of this certain enemy type, uh, but you don't really have the capacity to do it yourself because it's the little turtles with spikes on their back so you can't jump on them and basically the way you beat the level is you sort of lure thwomps to crush them without you directly doing anything and so I like that they're they're really encouraging people to you know not just make a, a bunch of platforming levels but really really get creative so I'm excited to, to power through that story and then jump into the the creator with some uh, some fresh ideas but uh, yeah so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that but uh, that's been it really for me not a whole lot of other um uh, game guff. Uh, I did actually, yeah. After after owning it for about six months, uh, I think I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I I I did the. I put some extra games on the old PlayStation Classic. Uh, the the little uh, uh, you know now sub fifty dollar uh, PlayStation One emulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, Paul, you 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 hacked your SNES classic, didn't you? You put you put basically everything you'd want on that. Absolutely. Yeah, so I did that a few weeks ago with the PlayStation, and I never actually got around to playing it. Whereas this weekend, I kind of had a loose end. And I have to say, I I really feel like it's it, it is now because it's it's so heavily discounted because it feels like it was a gigantic bomb. But um, I I think if anyone has has an interest in going back and playing games of that era, the hack is so straightforward and the console is so is so uh, cheap that I actually do think it's worth buying now. So I um I started a new a new career in Tony Hawk Two. I play. I also uh, put in uh, all the cheats work and everything on the emulated version. So I played as Spider Man, of course. Um, I played a bit of SmackDown 2. SmackDown 2 has aged shockingly well. Um, uh, just as a complete counter to what the modern games are, it's just really, it's just in, biz, insanely fast, illogically balanced game that's just super fun to play. Um, and I started Siphon Filter 1. I've actually, yeah, I, and thinking back on it, I spent a good couple of hours on Saturday playing with that thing. Um, uh, one thing I will say, though, as, as we probably discussed at the time when, when, that, when that console came out, that generation has aged horribly. Um, uh, the I kept even even though Tony Hawk holds up pretty damn well. The lack of camera control, like at all, there is zero camera control at all in that game, is is very jarring, um, and and it's 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 not ideal. But uh, yeah, if you uh, if you if you can afford the the cost of you know sub fifty quid and then like a tenner for a memory stick. Uh, I think I think the PlayStation Classic is, is is well worth it, and the hack is very straightforward, very very straightforward. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so and and it, it did get me uh, excited at the prospect of them hopefully doing a PlayStation Two Classic, which has a lot more uh, gracefully aged games. Um, but <laughs> the, I, was the, on, the first one was such a bomb, as you said. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I I have seen those. Now these these are sale. I think I think it's across the board it's back down to 50 in most places and then during like certain sales i see it for as low as 20 and i'm like my god this thing must have been compared to the nintendo ones which you couldn't get for love their money and are still 70 70 odd quid in, in gamestop um yeah also i think uh i think both nintendo and playstation i think they they both use like open source emulators from the internet in these things i don't i don't think they're using it's not like oh we've made this thing that runs our games very well um, yeah, I and I think right, yeah. um, PlayStation Two emulation is still a lot more complicated and not as uh, not as simple as as, as PlayStation One emulation. Um, but but anyway, I, that, I, I, regardless, I don't think it would happen either way. But uh, yeah, that's been the uh, that's been the game guff for this week. Obviously, not a, not a lot of other uh, things out at the moment. Uh, do you want to jump in to movie guff? Movie guff, right? This is where I have stuff to talk about. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to rest my voice for a while. <laughs> I watched a few movies this week. Um, first of all, I watched uh, Bumblebee, last year's yes. uh, Transformers 6, I guess, even though it's a prequel, not a sequel. Uh, and also directed not by Michael Bay, but by Travis Knight, who directed also a lovely little film called Kubo and the Two Strings, which I was a big fan of. Um, yeah, so Bumblebee... At its at the time of its release, got a lot of praise, uh, quite well reviewed critically. Um, I wasn't quite as hot on it. I, I I think it was fairly good, and I I I'm kind of a Transformers philistine anyway. I've only seen the first Transformers film, and I hated it, so I didn't bother watching it anymore. But um, 
Uh, it sucked, the first Transformers film. Uh, yeah. Bumblebee is fine. Um, it's got some good performances in it. Uh, Haley Stenfield as uh, the lead character. She's she's good. She kind of does the the emotional bits well and the the more fun bits well as well. Uh, John Cena. John Cena's in it, and although I think he's good, I think John Cena is better at the kind of wacky comedy roles, like he is in uh, Blockers, where he's like stand yeah. out the best. Here he's just, just kind of a weird outlier where. I felt like it's the first time in like ten years he's been in a proper action movie, and you were just going, like, "Eh." He just plays a real straightforward army guy. Yeah, and this he, this could have been any uh, forgettable Hollywood meathead. It ex- could have been. exactly. He doesn't kind of use his his John Cena ness to make the role unique or memorable. He's just forgettable army man. And as I said, I think John Cena is better at comedy anyway. I think that's where he needs to kind of lean more into. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I I was kind of up and down on it. I think at its best, Bumblebee reminded me of like almost like an E.T. Um, and at its worst, I would say it was kind of like watching... Uh, a Disney Channel movie or, or like Flipper or something. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think ultimately it falls somewhere kind of in the middle. Um, I think the like th- there are scenes that are just full-on Transformers, especially um, at the beginning and, and towards the very end. And that stuff just completely loses me. Where there's just Transformers fighting on their home planet of Cybertron. Okay, I, I, I really don't care about any of that stuff. And uh, the stuff that worked the best was the the daughter relationship. Because her, yeah. her father passed away um, prior to the events of the film. And she's got like this stepdad that she doesn't get along with. And that kind of plays into her finding this this car um, at like this, this junkyard. And as I said, when it works, it, it does work really well. And it it reminded me of movies like E.T. where it, it felt um, authentic and genuinely, you know, emotional and, and heartfelt. And then, yeah, some, I just it, the movie at the same time had this kind of cheapness to it that I, I couldn't kind of deny either. And um, aside from the very good CG, uh, I don't know that it was a great looking movie. Uh, it definitely had a kind of TV movie feel to it as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was okay. It was fine. I think I went like a, f- a five or six out of ten on it. Um, I would say I expected to like it more based on what I what I'd heard about it, and it was okay. Uh, I, I I did like what they did with the Bumblebee character. Um, and like I said, I think I think the the relationship between Bumblebee and the girl was good. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it was just kind of generic. It was just kind of eh. Um, so I don't know if I would give it a strong recommendation as almost everyone else who's reviewed it. Um, then I watched uh, Anima, which I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Is the, uh, the, Not sure. the new Paul Thomas Anderson short on Netflix with Tom York from Radiohead? Oh. oh yeah, I remember seeing Tom York's little face on Netflix and wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, of course, who's done you know 
the master magnolia uh phantom thread all these like wonderful wonderful films and um yeah it's, it's a collaboration between himself and tom york um who stars in the film and made all the music for it so i believe it was like he commissioned paul thomas anderson to to make the film around it and um it's only 15 minutes long it's on netflix and uh it's (laughs) it's probably my favorite film of the year so far um it because it's really really intensely choreographed i mean it, it it feels like a long music video but it's done in such a like stark visual style that it, it really really stands out and I haven't had Natty watch it yet I've only watched it myself but I'm going to watch it a second time with her and see what she takes of it but um, super super visceral super super memorable to me um, obviously it's only 15 minutes long so I don't want to say too much about it there's not really a lot to it in terms of plot anyway it's a very very simple little story it's more to do with the the music and the visual style and the choreography but just as like this 15 minute uh, 15 minute experience um i i found it just kind of enthralling and and breathtaking i thought it was excellent um it's very very arty farty though so you know if you're going in for a bumblebee you're not going to get it in <laughs> in anima it's it's really really uh strange but so 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 good so good i need to watch it again uh so that's anima on netflix as i said if you have 15 minutes spare at any point check it out uh ideally uh on as big a screen as you can with with big headphones or with the volume turned way up uh and then today we watched the new spider-man film far from home oh spider-man spider-man yeah um so this is the last in the current what do we call it the the arc the the, the era the, the era of marvel films this is the last in the the phase uh after Endgame. uh do we know what the next marvel film is have they announced anything after spider-man far from home i feel like they've confirmed no they've confirmed a bunch of stuff they haven't said what's next okay. uh they confirmed black panther 2 is a thing mm-hmm. uh black, and that black widow. Uh, black widow movie uh, yeah, I yeah. It's funny you mentioned. I don't know. I don't believe they have. Right. This is the first time because this is the end of Phase Four, is it or Phase Three or whatever it is. Three, I think. Yeah. Um, this is the first. It's funny that they break it off into those phases. This is the first time a phase is ending and there's actually going to be a period of break between them because it's kind of they're kind of a bunch of arbitrary ending points. I mean, the first one makes sense because it culminates in the first Avengers movie, and then all the other ones just end at random times and there's zero downtime in between them. Um, and they don't even they don't even the last film as evidenced by this one. The last one isn't even the culmination of the arc usually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think thankfully we're getting a bit of a bit of a reprieve here. I think that's this. the better way to do it anyway. Um, yeah, is to do it like a season, like a TV season, and then take a little time off, and then do the next season. You know. Um. So yeah, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um. Uh, definitely has a, a, a bit of an epilogue feel to it. Um, yeah. It's it it works as a, a high school film. It works as a Spider-Man film, um, and yeah, I I I I thought it was quite fun. 
Uh, I tell you, they, they, they definitely hit gold when they discovered that Tom Holland guy. Because he is the yeah. fucking best Spider-Man there has ever been. He's so perfect. He's great. As Peter Parker. Oh, he, yeah. na- he nails it. And again here. He does everything perfectly. He does the, the awkward teenager stuff perfectly. The superhero stuff perfectly. He's got the, the Spider-Man, you know, um, s- charm. The Spider-Man snark. Like, he, ha- he has it all. Um, uh, yeah, that being said, I thought... I, I, I liked it more than Homecoming. I'll say that. Um, and yet, I, I, I still wouldn't put it higher than that kind of 7 out of 10 uh, level Marvel, mid-phase mid, mid Marvel movie. Um, while it was enjoyable, um, without saying too much about the plot, it, uh, it's, it kind of retread ground that these Marvel films already have walked so a lot of it felt very familiar um jake gyllenhaal was good as uh mysterio um and yeah i I mean i think it got a bit messy towards the end visually especially so um but it was nice seeing seeing these characters in like you know london and uh uh, where does the yeah they uh, got a they mixed it up without having to go to like space or something. Oh, have you seen it as well? Oh yeah, yeah. I was let you have your yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize you had seen it as well. Yeah, I mean towards towards the end, like I said, I thought it got a little bit messy. Um, what else? Like I said, I think I think it's one of those movies that you can't say too much about it plot wise because there are certain revelations that happen but um even that kind of felt familiar to me based on one especially one of the older uh marvel films in let's say maybe in phase two <laughs> uh, i i really loved it right, um good. i i thought it felt more so than a lot of of these mcu movies and i think i think homecoming had this as well it felt very comic booky yeah um and I, one thing I liked about this compared to Homecoming, Homecoming obviously had a great villain. You had Michael Keaton there being great. Uh, but I think kind of the problem I had with it is they wrote this great Michael Keaton character and then they just kind of put a pair of metallic wings on him and called him the Vulture. Mm. And it's like, it's not, in as great as he is, he's definitely up there in the upper echelon of, of comic book film villains. Um. It, Ultimately, his character did kind of just feel like a generic MCU villain in some senses because that's it, he was just a, a guy with a metal suit who hated the Avengers. Whereas this feels like no, this is this is Mysterio. You know what I mean? Like they took this character that honestly I I couldn't have imagined a, a, a decent film with him in it. Um, first of all, because I don't know how I didn't really know how you do that character in film. Second of all, I never I never really thought of him as like a leading villain. Uh, in my my limited knowledge of the character, hmm. it's like they really they really took this this kind of cult favorite villain and and 
really did right by him and he's he's unique and he's not he's not just a guy in a suit who you know who fits that archetype really well i mean that's and, and he is a very kind of a, you know it's kind of a wacky premise and there are some scenes in this that are very very inventive and very cool and like you said we have to kind of keep it vague uh um but I think if you if you've any familiarity with the character at all, you you'll kind of know generally what I'm what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, you know, I, I thought they really did into that stuff, and and just like Homecoming, I mean, you talked about Tom Holland. I mean, I thought it had the it had the high school kind of drama aspect of it down, and uh, it had its ties into the other movies, which you kind of expect in in this film in the, in this universe rather. I just really loved it, and I thought I thought the entire second half when when it when it kind of showed its cards were. Um, were very very entertaining um and also i think it had the two best post-credit scenes of like probably the entire modern phenomenon of having post-credit scenes yeah i i think that both of the post-credit scenes in this one were the the second one less so but were kind of noteworthy rather than being the cat spitting up the thing in in Captain Marvel yeah. or whatever, yeah, um, and yeah, and 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 one of them specifically, the the first post credit scene, very interesting where they're gonna go with uh, what was real there, and very funny that if you got up and left during the credits and missed that, you missed quite a substantial bit of the movie. Yeah, that is, that is the weird thing. I mean, I feel like they have conditioned audiences well enough at this stage. Well, there was, in my screen, there were still people just up and out as soon as it ended. Oh, same, same, mine too. And it's like, yeah, you missed a, you missed a, a big, big revelation for the next movie, but also you missed like a really, a really cracking. I literally slapped my knee when 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 a character appeared in in that first. Uh, trader both because of the who it was and the actor portraying this 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 character and the the iteration the the uh new spin that had been put on this character there was a lot going on in that 30 seconds and i yeah. howled with laughter um um yeah but um yeah and well I, it was I, it was similar I, it was similar to it reminded me of the the ps4 game that's been, uh, yeah, that's been I, I'm I'm wondering if ha- with, with this movie and the the game doing it, I'm wondering is is actually this that is that the character's direction in the comics currently, and we just don't know because we don't read comics. Maybe because um, uh, yeah, it is it is basically identically the same as the PS4 game, and and they are both seemingly pulling from the same real world source. <laughs> so I, I wonder is that just what that character is now? But I don't, but I don't know. Yeah. But um yeah, like like you said, both with the credit scene but also with the crux of the movie, this is actually one of the harder Marvel movies to talk about without spoilers. Mm. I think even more so than Endgame. I mean, fair enough, Endgame you had kind of you know deaths and stuff. But I I, well, I, I mean I, at I, least with this you, you could you could talk about what the plot is, more or less. But to get into the latter half of it, yeah. The the movie does change drastically around the halfway point. So what what people have seen in trailers is pretty much the first half of the film, which is good because I I remember I've watched the trailers for this and I was just like this looks like the most unimportant movie of all time, um, uh, and thankfully it's it's kind of wearing that on its sleeve in a, in a kind of meta way that I appreciate. But even with that said, as much as I love the movie, I will say even though it was kind of luring you into a false sense of security with its basicness early on. I still feel like it was just kind of a basic movie and I was a little bit bored. Funnily enough, the, the Peter Parker stuff was way more interesting than the Spider-Man stuff in the first half. Absolutely. Um, because the, the, the threat was completely uninteresting 
And I thought they were going to lean even more heavily into the the Tony Stark part of it. Um, because as as people have seen the trailer, like there's there's part of the character development that happens during this movie is Peter Parker come to terms with the the death of um, of the Stark boy, and um, you know, I I thought there was going to be more of that. There's one little bit with the glasses or whatever, but I don't know. It, it felt very background compared to. Um, the relationship stuff with him and MJ. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the balance was perfect mainly because I, I don't really like that dynamic. I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of it in the last movie and in Endgame. Um, but I kind of, um, I, I kind of need it to be over. Like, I'm happy that they acknowledge it and, and that they did weave it into this movie, but I thought they did just the perfect amount. I kind of don't need to hear any more about it going forwards. Hmm. Um, especially because, especially now that we've had this movie, like okay, post post death, we now have this movie that's really uh, look. It's not really because it could it could have been more, but that's got a significant portion of it is reacting and dealing with that. I'm like, okay, I, the next movie, one I'm sure they'll acknowledge it in some capacity. I'm sure he'll have a locket or something he can look at in his pockets. <laughs> um, beyond beyond uh, beyond a single scene where he kind of looks where he's, he looks at photos listfully with his with his special glasses i i don't need any kind of morose i i want to be tony stark stuff in the third film uh because it's we've done it now and and it's time for that character and for the the whole that whole universe i think it's really time for them to move on uh and stop kind of leading on that stuff unless the idea is and, and they, they touch on it here a few times is to literally have a new iron man god i would hate that god i would hate that um mm. Especially because if it's him, then the gut. No, he's Spider Man. <laughs> I know. I just say it. I, I, one last yeah. thing as well. I love the uh, the little relationship between Ned, his friend, and the the blonde girl. Oh, that's so yeah. fucking funny. It's so. Oh, the the and and this is it, this is part of what's great about Tom Holland being such a great Peter Parker is the the high school antics of these movies is great. It's it's so great. Um, I thought the teachers, although I thought the teachers were funny, but how are you going to have uh, the second movie lean into teacher comedy so much and not bring back Hannibal Buress? Come on now, that's, that's that that's a missed opportunity. But anyway, uh, the two the two characters they had were perfectly fine. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's the old Spidey Man. Uh, anything else, Paul? No, that's all I watched. Uh, did you watch anything, Joe? Uh, no movies this week. I'm gonna. Go see Spider Man next Saturday. Woo. Lovely. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I um, think Spider Man is Spider Man now number one superhero again. Because there was obviously some dark years during the um, Andrew Garfield one. Mm. I feel like I feel like after these last two movies and Spider Man into the Spider Verse, he's back on top. I think I think he's the boy. I think he's the top boy. I think I think, you know, I think DC haven't uh you know they've let they they let their top dogs embarrass themselves in some dreadful movies, yeah. uh, and Marvel's Marvel's killed off a lot of the good ones, and Marvel's kind of let some I'll be honest some some jabroni tier characters are taking over, and I'm not especially yeah. excited for yeah. the next era of Avengers. Yeah. All right, uh, what's his face with the wings, the metal wings being the new Captain America? All right, I don't even remember I don't even remember his name. Okay, so that's not good. Um, so so Spider Man Spider Man is king as it should be. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I think I, I think you'd enjoy that a lot. Um, I saw one other movie uh, uh, this week. I saw Midsummer, uh, which is the new Ari Aster movie of hereditary fame and infamy. Uh, writing, directing this one, just like he did with that one. And who boy, is this a fucking weird movie that's fucking weird. Um, it's it's like like hereditary ha- has with the uh, uh, the family dynamic at its center. This this movie kind of is a, is a horror movie that's kind of propelling the story of like a, a, a relationship ending. Um, the 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 lead the lead character uh, played by Florence is it Pug or Pew? Pew. Florence Pug. Pew. 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 Is it Pew? Okay. Uh, who played Paige? I didn't, first of all, I didn't even know that was her until literally until her name appeared on the screen as I was watching the film. I didn't know she was in this. Uh, who played Paige in in uh, Fighting with My Family? So her character is kind of tagging along to her boyfriend's kind of uh, uh, month long retreat to Sweden to kind of help their ailing relationship. Um, and and obviously uh, things get weird and kind of unwind from there as they're kind of sucked in to this um, uh, uh, weird reclusive. Uh, um, uh, society of, of pagans, basically, um, and and obviously as as things get as things kind of spiral out of control and get darker and weirder, obviously their their relationship gets more strained, and, and that's that's the crux of the film. Uh, but it is, I really really liked it. I didn't like it as much as Hereditary, but to be fair, I think Hereditary is a much more straightforward movie, uh, and I think this one. Maybe I'll, I, I really liked it. I think I'll maybe even love it on a rewatch. I think there's a lot going on in this movie. There's, there's way, it's very ambitious. And so, so if you like that first movie, but you didn't want to see Aster rest on his, on his, on his laurels, um, uh, you, you'll be content with this because it's a, a very off the wall thing. It's not as endlessly tense as Hereditary is. I mean, that is a, very uncomfortable movie to watch pretty much from the beginning uh there are parts of it somewhere that feel like they're almost being like darkly comic and and surreal and and sometimes the surrealness plays into the horror but it's it's really really out there and it's actually i felt like it was kind of long uh like intentionally long because it feels like it's a very um uh, uh at times kind of confusing and disorienting film uh, it's really, it's it's really, really fantastic, and it looks and sounds great. If you remember the kind of the the sound editing in Hereditary, you both saw Hereditary, right? I, I have not seen it. Joe, you saw it? Nope. No. Oh, what? Oh my God, outrageous! Um, uh, that's one of the best films of last year. You should both watch it. I think I you'd know. both like it. I don't think that, I, I, it's it's completely upsetting and terrifying and horrible, but it's 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 tremendous. It's tremendous. Um, and I think one of I think what's kind of becoming the calling cards of these movies is is the the sound editing is is uh, uh, incredible and uh, lots of and I was actually reading about it um, in in uh, an interview with one of the cast uh, this week that he did with the Guardian and he was talking about how the the director kind of took inspiration for a couple of movies but including uh, Roman Blanty's Macbeth mm-hmm. uh, which had like really really which I, which I have seen weird, <laughs> weird. Do, do it. Which I have seen. I think I think a lot of I saw that at school. Oh, um, that's a weird one. Which to see at are, that was Playboy yeah, our, produced. Our, our, our English teacher was very eccentric and kind of said, "Well, I'm he, he, he was one of these. Well, I I think this is a, a great version to see if you're studying the text, and they probably don't want me to show it to you, but I'll do it anyway because it's the you know he was close to retirement. He didn't give a fuck." <laughs> um, 
But um, when I, I remember watching it, and it was like that was one of the few like movies I watched for the purpose of of education that I actually enjoyed, and I actually really enjoyed studying Macbeth. But that movie has uh, like very like shrill strings uh, in, in its sound effect in its uh, score, but its score is also very sparse. Uh, like mm. there's lots of just like uh, you know no music and sound effects turned way up. Lot, a lot of that in Hereditary and Midsummer. Lots of just like we're gonna have no score here and just have a a a, a brutally distressed person just wailing and just gonna let their like just letting the the kind of a, a realistic human scream be the sound effect and it's really horrible. I mean these these are excellent excellent movies that are just very upsetting. Uh, yeah. Midsummer, really great. I would probably say see Hereditary first if you can at all. I will. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, the twenty fifteen uh, Macbeth is also great if people haven't seen it. Which was that? Who's in that? Uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, the Fassbender one. Yes, yeah, yeah. I never saw that. Yeah, I must check that out. I like it a lot because uh, I like the old Fassbender and I like the old uh, who's 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 the other one in that? The lady Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, yes, very good. The two of them are very good. That film is very, very uh, good. So will we do uh, emails here before we uh, we jump into the wrestling? Go for it. Okay, I have an email here from Mr. Scott McAvoy, uh, loyal friend and supporter of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, you mentioned that you were tired of smelling dog food while saying at your mum's. The question is, couldn't you afford pe- people food while you were there? Oh, Scott. Which flavor was your favorite? Well, I'll tell you this much. The chicken stuff smells least offensive. Um, and there was some non-animal specific liver, uh, pate that just smelled absolutely vile. Um, I did not sample any of it. Although I do think as I'm mashing it up, I do think I could presumably eat this and be fine because it's just oh, meat yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, um, I did like, not sample it. I did like not sample Bone marrow and stuff like that. Like. Mm, marrow. Stuff we can uh, you and Paul talk about Heyman and Bischoff being hired and I think they have different reasons for being there I think Heyman is great at getting the most out of talent and he has a great eye for guys who have potential to be superstars uh, he's just a terrible businessman which Vince and Triple H will take uh, care of that end I, I think that's fair across the board mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, Scott goes on to say Bischoff on the other hand is better at doing the scripting from week to week of a show but less so at figuring out who is an up and coming guy if Smackdown is going to Fox and having someone who can help write the stories for existing guys and not having to worry about the new talent then Bischoff is your guy I, th- I think that's fair I think those are two good points uh, uh, from Scott also I, I think you are right about them being brought in for different reasons because uh, Bischoff is famously a, a wheeler and dealer in, in the television industry. He's had various other. I mean, he he you know he kind of wheeled his de- wheeled and deals his way to the top of WCW at its at its you know uh, back in the nineties, and and he's had various other projects since then. I think he's not a bad person to have heading up the brand that's going to Fox. I think he's probably a good person to have in meetings and and making deals and 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 representing that brand. Uh, whereas Heyman. Uh, you know he's over on the more stable, you know, sticking to USA for the fiftieth year uh, Raw, uh, where he can, uh, where he has a bit of a safety net because that's kind of always going to be there. So yeah. Uh, P.S. Did you notice that Ali didn't change her Twitter handle when she left Impact and went to AEW? It was still Ali Impact, which is another level of incompetence to Impact. Uh, have a great week, Scott. Yeah, I noticed Ali hasn't changed that. Um, I don't know why. Maybe maybe she just thinks Impact is such a non-entity that no one will make a connection to um, to the company and think that that's just her full name. Like, uh, wasn't were, was Jericho or Landstorm was one of their last names Impact at some point of their career, and then they became the Impact players. I don't know. 
Um, anyway. Well, Luke Gallows was Impact Doc until very recently. Was he? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. God, I forgot they were in Impact. Um, or, he, or he was. Was that Carl Anderson with him? Or was it just him? I think it was just him. Yeah, Carl Anderson was from New, Jap- uh, New Japan straight to the New Japan, room. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much, Scott, as always, for the contribution. Mm-hmm. That's my one email. Uh, I believe you actually have two emails. Do you have one from Marcus from the 26th of June? 26th of June? I'll take mm. a look here. Uh, Paul is calling me out here on air. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I have, uh, I, I have one from Scott, and I have a previous one from Scott. Uh, what's it? I said right. Okay, because I was I was poking me nose into the old Chairshot podcast Gmail account and that's supposed to forward on the uh, the emails to each of us individually, but this one didn't go. Uh, I'll read taking, it. My, taking my spam as well, and I got nothing in there. I'll read Sorry, out Marcus. You. I'll read out to you now. It's from Marcus uh, from a mere eleven days ago. Subject: historical event. He says, uh, "Host Barry, hi all. If you could go back and be at any event in history." What event would you choose? Uh, he, he clarifies, I mean a human event, not like, uh, I'll go back and see a dinosaur. <laughs> so maybe a gig, football match, movie release, or... Wrestling match. He says, I'd have loved to have been in the room when Einstein first turned a light on, or whatever. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I am... Um... Event. I would like to have been in the room when the writers for Happy Days were, were uh, writing the script where Fonz jumps over the shark, and I would have been like, "Listen, lads, right? I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to put the weight of the world on your shoulders right now. But not only will this not be well received, they will actually make a saying up about this for when other things turn to shite." <laughs> That, that will that will be your legacy forever. So I'm not saying the show has to be good, but don't make it this level of bad. You don't want that to be your legacy. You deserve better, and the fans deserves, deserves better, right? Henry Winkler will never recover from this. Oh God, let me think. Events, past events that I'd like to attend or reattend, as the case might be. I wouldn't waste it on reattending something. Yeah, because he already did it once, I suppose. Unless it was that good that you want to do it again. Um. <laughs> I I would go back to. I would go back to um. Let's see. I'm 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 trying to shoehorn me going to a, a an event in Ireland in the mid nineties, based on the conceit that toffos were available back then, and I just go and buy a top packet of toffos. What? Oh, a toffo? A toffo? They don't make toffos anymore. Yeah, Presumably, there's a website you can go to and just buy those today. That's true. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can get those on like one of those old, you know, sweet websites. Um, well, I'll go back to one of the most important singular events in history, uh, Birth of Old Christ, and just to make sure it's all above board, on the level. 
lads, this is just a, a plain old baby with no superpowers or nothing. And there's not even a donkey here. What is uh, going on? Did he have Did he have superpowers when he was born? Yeah, it probably did. Uh, he was uh, the baby that had the power, Joe. The power uh, of telekinesis. Just just going Paul going back there with 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 his uh, advent calendar. <laughs> and uh, right, lads. Right, none of you are obviously taking notes because this is all bollocks. Right, first of all, we're in the inn. Right, I can see the stable. We're not in there. Right, there's not even three wise men. This there's two. You haven't even brought anything. That one fella. Um, uh, she's definitely not a virgin. I can tell you that much. Right, she's uh, drinking a can of Monster Energy drink. Joseph, you're a fucking jabroni mark who's been worked into a shoot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Look at this one. Look, we have a little chocolate angel telling you that um, uh, she's going to be uh, uh, pregnant by miracle, and and you buying it like a fucking sap, and then everyone eats you on like the twelfth day. What you make of that? What you make of that? You fucking idiot. <laughs> oh god. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe I go to one of the later ones. What? Jesus walk Crucifixion. on the old walk on water bit just to check it out with your eyes. Oh, okay, I realize we are we are now just redoing a family guy bit. Are we? Yeah, there's a thing where uh, well, you think that's bad. Like, you think that's bad? What about the time we uh, I can't remember what the premise of it is, but they basically <laughs> it's like, oh, it was easier to trick people back in Jesus's day, and his miracles are actually like he's just making one of his fingers disappear and go on the other hand or something like that. Um, good show. Yeah, well, that's Family Guy guff anyway. It's good stuff. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I pine for any, you know, gigs or anything prior. I don't know. Maybe something like Queen at Live Aid would have been something to see live at the time. Queen Slade. Yeah. Uh, um, it's if it's. I assume, based on Marcus's phrasing, it's like go back to the event and then come back here. Yeah. Um, like Mania Seventeen would be good. Like this, this that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Like if lifetime of fandom defining thing from my childhood. You know, back when the idea of going to WrestleMania. I mean, it was a pipe dream. I was like, well, I, I you can't even get from Ireland to WrestleMania City, can you? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I that that would be cool. Yeah. Let's go back and back. Is that guy wrestling Kurt Angle, arrest him! Arrest him! <laughs> Sit down, Vince, this new ass, and say, lads. Listen to me! I know you're set on this heel turn idea. I'm gonna tell you why it's bad now. You're gonna kill the whole business, lads. Uh, also, watch out, there's Tommy Dreamer coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Oh, my. <laughs> Talk about that last week? No. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Cliff notes Tommy Cheamer was doing like an interview or something, and somehow. No, I think he's. Was he read a blog post? Anyway, he revealed that he. <laughs> he found out that you were just like allowed to bring guns into the, the, the stadium for WrestleMania 17, and he was feeling kind of jilted by the way. ECW went tits up without Heyman telling him and he wasn't getting used by WWF and JR, you know, was giving him short shrift and then he was like what if I just go on telly and just shoot Paul Heyman in the head and then shoot myself in the head on during WrestleMania 17 that'd be good and then he went, thankfully I didn't do it and then I got a call from JR and he's like uh, uh, hold hat there Tommy we're, uh, we're going to use you uh, we're coming up with something down the line uh, so sit tight, thanks very much and that was enough to, to, to keep him happy um 
And and sure enough, he he, he you know he had a bit of patience, and then uh, one year later, he was drinking Undertaker spit. So you know, <laughs> good things come to those who wait is the lesson. So yeah, in the words of Joey Styles, it's a damn shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life. <laughs> All right, I have an email. This one's from Scott El Hijo del McAvoy. Subject: Mama, Mama story and cameo. Uh, good evening. You asked for our favorite Mama stories. And Scott says that his has to be uh, his toothache, which he was convinced that the woman who lived in another apartment near him had cast a voodoo spell on him. That's obviously one. Of the, that's one of the big ones, of course. Um, yeah. Which uh, I go on. No, no. Let's go ahead. Yeah, which which led him being I think I think I remember in the end being kicked out of his apartment and calling the police on this woman as well. Uh, he goes on. Joe mentioned trying to get a celebrity tweet to honor Mama. Made me think of the website Cameo. If you haven't yeah. checked out that site, you need to. You can get personalized messages from celebrities, and it's becoming quite the entertainment. Uh, I have a friend who likes to get messages sent to another friend, usually from MMA fighters. What, do they record them in between beating their wives? Uh, the friend who receives the message gets excited at first. Then when he hears the message telling him that after he's wrecked four cars in three weeks, he really needs to stop driving, or he gets a congratulations on the fact that his wife is pregnant, and there's still time to fix that problem. Yeah, that's the real MMA uh, point of view there. He usually laughs and takes it in good humor. Have a great week, Scott. Hey, hang on. His friend has wrecked... How many cars does his friend have? Who's this rich fuck who has four cars? <laughs> well, maybe they're not his cars. Oh, that's true. He could just be a sociopath. Um, well, let's have a I, I like that idea. We could get... We could get um, there's loads of wrestlers on, on Cameo and stuff like that. We could get mm. Big E to, to pay tribute to, to Mama. Yeah. Dan um, Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 150. Uh, Sabu. Uh, Sabu, who of course nearly set himself on fire doing a cameo a couple months ago. Um, I have a look here. Uh, Who can we get? OJ Simpson. Get Randy Couture for seventy five dollars. That's pretty sweet. Fucking how is Big E charging more than Randy Couture? Jesus. Oh my God, Big E one hundred twenty five dollars, mate. Come yeah. on, now. Bret Hart one fifty. Well, that's, at least that's Bret Hart. From you know a, I mean? fr- if you want a monotone cameo message. For only one hundred fifty dollars, Brett Hitman. If you want, if you want a promo from a guy who wasn't that interesting a promo before he had a stroke, well, let me <laughs> oh, tell you, because Zack Ryder's a hundred dollars. Who's getting that? You would have to be the bougiest fuck who really wanted to wind someone up, like, and I, it would it would be a joke. It would be a punchline, wouldn't it? There's no way. There's like a Zack Ryder fan who who gets that. Oh my god, oh, some of these people. Steve, Steve Gutenberg for $100. That's a bit overpriced. Steve, <laughs> come on. The picture of Ryback on this is great. <laughs> He's just got his tits hanging out. <laughs> Ryback's a, an incredible enigma these days. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Marty Skrull, $75. Do you reckon I can get him down to 70 <laughs> I don't even know who some of these people are. They're allegedly wrestlers. Oh, God. Pro wrestler, hog. Just a man with a pig mask. That could be anyone. Oh. Anyway. Oh, Matt Hardy. $100. He could go to Mama message. Anyway. That's my email. This girl charging as much as Randy Couture is fucking hilarious. 
Yeah, well, that's the free market, isn't it? If people are going to pay for it, it's not too expensive. Well, and, and plus, as I think we've talked about over here, wrestling fans have too much money. I mean, that is that is confirmed. Yeah. Um, well, if anyone wants a cameo message from old Polly Griffin, <whistles> little five euro charge, and it's, I'll say whatever you want, no matter how sexist. Right. <laughs> Getting yourself cancelled for a fiver. <laughs> right, the word slapper on a show run that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's basically that's basically what happened to to Rhea Ripley there a few weeks ago. Uh, um, I, I'm going to say slapper, not as bad as the word she used. No, but my, the point I'm, I'm making is that the reason she said that. Oh yeah, you're right. It's because yeah, she on some Twitch stream where they were doing if you tip us, you get to make requests, and one of the things was tip us like a five like a fiver, to, and we'll we'll say an insult to you, and she said a horrible slur at this person, um, and this is like not I wasn't NXT. Uh, promoted this was this wasn't on, on any NXT TV, is what you're saying. See, which? This wasn't on NXT TV. Well, no, but it was with, with a bunch of her peers. And I know stuff. it was, I mean, it was remarkably anything. stupid for over a time told that. Yeah. Anyway, an email, Joe. Uh, yeah, got an email from. Do you understand the material about it? Sorry, I'm still reading the the thing. Um, I found a Game of Thrones category. Ooh, so anyway, you, get, you get the Night King or Sirio Pharrell. So it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know who either of those people um, are. Oh, you can get. I know the Night um, King. You can get what's his name, Harry Potter. Really? Matt? No, not not Daniel Radcliffe. The the bad blonde one, Malfoy. Luke Malfoy, <laughs> for three hundred. What? Three hundred. Oh, you can get a '90s football star Darren Anderton for fifty. Oh man, that's great! For fifty? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, otherwise they're going to put the electricity off in his house. So. <laughs> there's also there's a Fulham player called Timmy Abraham who's on it for seven dollars. Timmy Abraham. That's, that's cheap. Right. Anyway, got an email from Scott McAvoy. He says, "Subject: uh, Female footy." Uh, good afternoon, Joe. I was wondering if you watched any of the Women's World Cup. Uh, yes, I talked about it two weeks ago. Please pay attention. Uh, and if so, what you thought about it. Personally, I couldn't be bothered. I was more interested in the game between the US women's team and the under-15 boys team, F- FC Dallas, in which the women lost 5-2 to the young lads. Wait, <laughs> <It's>, what? <laughs> he goes on to say, it's great that the women have a World Cup of their own. That's good of you, Scott. Um, but I... <laughs> I'd rather watch a good men's club team. Wow. That's um interesting thought uh, in this day and age, Scott. I thought that the quality of the Women's World Cup was, was very good. Um, say, probably, definitely better than, like, a, I'd say, like, a third-tier men's team. Um, I mean, I haven't heard about this under-15 boys match. Yeah. I'd have to look into that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was it was very good. USA won today. Um, not not the most exciting match. I thought the the England USA match uh, was a lot more fun, even though England lost. Uh, that had a lot more incident and, and crazy shit going on. But overall, it's good. And I'm sure, like four years time, I think it's only going to get even better because really the only country that has like a proper professional league is the USA. Well, and they've had it for twenty years. Whereas a lot of the other countries are still semi-professional or amateur, you know, they're working full-time jobs, 
and being footballers, which, mm. you know, you're only going to progress so much. Um, so I think that would be very different in, in a four years' time and into the future. Um, he also says, uh, speaking of men's teams, what free agents or players do you expect to move this year? Um, I don't think Pogba will be around for long at Man United. No. See him going to Real Madrid. Mm. Um, good, whatever. And possibly Neymar as well. After PSG were knocked out by United in the Champions League. I, I still think of his little face from that match sometimes. On the oh, that was line. brilliant, wasn't it? That was the best part of last season. The whole season. <laughs> that was better than those great Champions League games. Little Neymar's face on the sideline. Little lost, little lost boy. Oh, man. Um, Adnan Yanuzai, by the way, if you want a cameo from him. Uh, $300. He's having a laugh. Three hundred of these I've been Patrice Evra's only two hundred. Mm. Anyway, um, I can't think of any other sort of big moves might happen. Obviously, Hazard's already gone to Real Madrid. That's probably one of the bigger moves. Yeah, Harry Maguire maybe on the move. Yeah, mm. I'd rather we spend some money on a, less money on someone just as good. Really, I don't. I don't think he's. I think he's that good. Really, any. I feel like United have got a strategy of buying lots of British players just because they're less likely to want to move abroad. Yeah, maybe. Which, which isn't the stupidest strategy, but it then does obviously limit you to probably being overpriced with, with the players you buy. Um, yeah, maybe it's a sound strategy. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, so that's it for, for me emails. Good. Thanks, everyone, for their emails. And thanks everyone thanks to the wrestling, the wrestling. Uh, yeah uh, Joe did you have any thoughts on the stuff you missed while we were chatting the wrestling last week obviously AEW back at it again with another show uh, any any thoughts from, from that um, one yeah I did I did watch Fighter Fest um, I thought it was a, a very good show enjoyable not on the same kind of level as Double or Nothing but then it's not you know the big pay-per-view show um I would say it kind of suffered in a way from expectations because it was, it, although it's not supposed to be their next big pay-per-view, it was built up quite a lot and it was almost presented. It was kind of, you know, not sure if it was like a, just a sort of house show, a free TV special or a pay-per-view. And so I think, you know, people were talking about the ticket sales and, and what to expect from it. So uh, maybe a bit of a misstep in terms of the way they kind of promoted it. Maybe need to be a bit clearer that these kind of interim events are, basically kind of a glorified house show and then i think it would have over delivered um whereas it may be maybe disappointed some people who thought it was going to be another double or nothing um having said that i thought really from start to finish kind of good good matches uh chris daniel's match was really good um chris daniel's there showing kind of your your, your late 40 50 year olds how to do it and, and not come across as an embarrassment um, women's match was was good. Um, the four way with um, it's kind of strange to see Adam Page in that four way, given that he's yeah. going to be one of the real kind of top main eventers, and he's in there with the dinosaur and um, you know Jimmy Havoc, fifty year old um, Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, yeah. he's interesting. Uh, by the way, AEW's back next weekend. That's when the charity yeah. show is. Yeah. Uh, he's wrestling Kit Sabian next week which is like that match should be all right kip did kip did well on the the pre-show of the last event but 
talk about talk about like a disparity between you know Adam Page, who's supposed to be the world title challenger, mm. and this guy who had a pre-show match two months ago. Yeah, it's strange, and that's why I mean it kind of feels like the TV. You know, if he was wrestling him in a TV main event, it kind of makes sense. You know, for the main event guy to be a the sort of mid card guy, but it's a bit weird on these shows. Yeah, um, I, I think they I think they were seriously hurt as well by um, the Park stuff. I that hasn't really been an update. I think Park's just out of the company now. It's really uh, since since because he. I mean, it was supposed to be him and Page, and then that whole stuff about him being unavailable. Either depending on who you believe, either having visa problems or not wanting to do a job or both. Um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, then the main events were all pretty good. I, I my first time seeing Darby Allen. I thought he's really kind of interesting look and and charisma to him. <clears throat> that was that was a pretty good match again. Um, uh, brutal chair shot after the match. Good to see that finally uh, chair shots are making a comeback. After. Yeah. It's only taken us ten years of uh, campaigning with this show to finally bring those back. Um, <laughs> it's in the name. <laughs> it's there. Come on, lads. Come on. Obvious. Um, yeah, six pounds pretty good, and then the main event was kind of enjoyable. I thought it went on a bit, though, to be honest. Um, yeah, kind of three 20 minute main event matches in a row. I feel like this could have been a bit shorter and just gone to the point a bit more. Um, but Moxley, Moxley's good. Um, I think he's on a really good run since leaving WWE, and uh, um, it's funny seeing Janela kind of in there with him. It's a bit incongruous after kind of only seeing him in Game Changer Wrestling and now he's actually in there with like a big WWE star it's a bit of a kind of strange uh, matchup but uh, they're both they're both good and his elbow drop was great off the ladder as well so yeah cool. God, it's, it's, it's fascinating watching Moxley I mean he's really he's really got a chip on his shoulder and he seems like he's having a ball and it's it's what you like to see when someone leaves WWE yeah yeah um, fa- I mean fascinating G1 ahead of him. Um, yeah. Because, you know, oh, he, he, tough. Um, he's uh, almost assuredly going to have some bad matches in there. I don't imagine they're all going to be barn burners, but I, if he can peak high, I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, he worked, and I don't think this is on VOD anywhere. Um, I think this is just something he did because it was local to him. He Apparently, he worked some kind of uh, uh, shoot style promotion in Vegas against Killer Cross over the weekend. Mm. Um, and I saw some like uh, phone footage from that event. It looked like there was about 100 people there. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, it just really seems like his thing is, okay, time to... I, like he said on the Jericho podcast, like he watches all this other stuff and he gets all excited about it and, and you know wanted to engage with the real wrestling world and couldn't do it when he was in WWE. It seems like he's properly just getting out there and just falling back in love with wrestling, which is really cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, any other any other yeah. tidbits you wanted to mention? Well, there was the big news last week, of course. Um, so I, I was, you know, at out, out work, looking on Twitter, normal day, blah, blah, blah. Went into a meeting for about an hour, came out, and uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are recharging from a SmackDown. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, what? It's amazing when something like that happens and you're kind of scrolling backwards through your Twitter timeline trying to figure out like, what the fuck is going on, piecing it together like it's Memento, the, the movie, you know, fragments of things. Um, but yeah, that was that was bizarre. Um, it's kind of hilarious. You just Does Vince only know about three people? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, he surely could have found like someone who already works in WWE or, or someone else who could have come in and, and taken over these shows. I guess he maybe he thinks he needs someone who's got experience of running a big brand. But yeah, it's, it's a bizarre one. And I mean, obviously you guys talked about it, but we'll see how kind of in touch they are with, with what makes kind of an exciting product in 2019. I mean, even Heyman, he's, you know, I think he he's not kind of out of the loop, but he's not kind of run a successful creative effort in a long time. You know, he's been doing lots of other things. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, and you kind of wonder how long can this last? You know, will Vince put up with other people uh, running the show? I don't know, but it, yeah, it's interesting. It's not exactly tempting me to watch Raw just yet, but I'm at least going to, you know, I'll at least go back to reading the results of Raw. I mean, I'm going to start watching it again, but I'll at least, like, you know, find keep keep up with what's happening. Well, speaking yeah. of Raw, um, we had the first Raw under the new regime, and it contained uh, an out-of-nowhere NXT call-up, uh, they exploded mm. the stage with pyros and stuff. Um, Edge Styles <laughs> turned heel and is now aligned with uh, the old Bullet Club lads and is feuding with Ricochet. <laughs> um, so yeah, they kind of threw a lot of shit at the wall on that first show. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's still three hours long. That's true. You know, as, as smart as Paul Heyman is, still got to come up with an entertaining three-hour show every week, which is tough. Corey Graves said shit on it as well. Oh, yeah. You. <sighs> Holy shit. Edgy. Edgy. Uh, Smackdown was, for all appearances, a run-of-the-mill Smackdown <laughs> with no notable differences. Hmm. So, there you go. Yeah, probably too probably too early to properly. Oh, well, Kevin Owens appears to be babyface now for some, for some reason. And he he did. If you saw the clip on on Twitter, the 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 line he had with Ziggler coming out was very funny. Yes, yeah. You talk about how he it should have been him ten years ago or whatever it was, and it was, and then it wasn't, and maybe it should have been, but it wasn't. So I forget what the go home line of it was. But it was very funny. But nothing else not all. Uh G one appears to be underway as well. Anyone watching any of that? Uh yes, I watched the first night, which was last night there from Dallas. Um, oh. I watched it. Any you watch any of it? No, I don't I, unfortunately especially with the G one, I don't just have time to keep up with it. There's too much of it. It's hard. I, I literally just in preparation for the G one I just caught, I finished Best of Super Juniors. Yeah. Um, uh, yesterday. Oh, here. More important than anything on uh, the G1. More important than the latest Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada match. Shingo versus Will Osprey. This this is a get a new Japan sub to watch this match. Match. Okay. This is an incredible match. This is the best of Will Osprey. The best of Shingo. Oh my God! This match was in. Incredible. Just Shingo slapping the shit out of this guy and just sending him flying and bouncing him all over the place. And Osprey selling like a maniac. 
and and Osprey's comebacks were spectacular. Fucking hell, that match was incredible. That was that's like probably my new favorite match of the year. Um, uh, from June fifth or sixth, I think it was. Um, yeah, that match is incredible. Yeah, so get yourself a New Japan subscription, watch that match, and you know, I mean, cher- cherry pick whatever other stuff for the best Super Junior one. It was a great tournament overall. Uh, but yeah, G1 in Dallas was good. Uh, on the Osprey note, uh, he faced uh, Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer. Mm, I remember him. Uh, Vance Archer from. ECW back in the day in WWE ECW. He used to play uh, the Guitar Hero guitar in TNA. Remember that? Yeah, he did. Um, he had the best match of his career. I'm fairly sure on this night. This was tremendous. S- similarly to the Shingo match, but even even more kind of dominant because Archer is like seven foot tall. Just like picking Osprey up and just flinging him all over the place, and just Osprey selling like a crazy man. Um, uh, early on in the match, Osprey does like a Sasuke special out of the ring. Archer catches him by the throat, picks him up, and just gives him this incredible-looking choke slam over the barricade through a table. Um, just you've never seen like a, a big man look so impressive in a match. Not only because Osprey was bumping like a wild man, but Archer was really—he really had a turn. He's from—he's from Dallas, or he, he's based there. Um, so he, he really he really was motivated. This is a tremendous match. And then the rest of the card was, was mostly pretty good. I won't run it down match by match, but it was a really fun start to the G1. All the non-tournament tags were just kind of okay, but the tournament matches were great. Uh, Kenta made his return to to, to non-WWE wrestling. Um, he faced Kota Ibushi. I, I think there was a little bit of ring rust there. I don't think it was like a, a, a must-see match of the year level classic. Uh, so I think, it, But I, I definitely think it was a reassuring match in the sense of, okay, once he gets a few more matches under his belt and he gets, you know, reacclimatized to the new environment, I think, uh, I think Kenta will be back, fully back, you know, uh, from what people know of him prior to WWE. Um, so that was great. And the main event was uh, Tanahashi and Okada playing the hits. Um, uh, it was not, again, it was a really good match. It was not any kind of must-see match. But what was cool about it was this was like their however 12th, 13th match or whatever it is. Um, but because this was the first time doing it on American soil in a singles match, every little thing just got the crazy reaction. And they had that thing where as the bell rang <clears throat> and they did their pre-match kind of stare down, the crowd just came to their feet and, and was going crazy. It was one of those matches. Um, yeah, so that was really, really good. Uh, uh, Okada won. Uh, they've met, I think, three times. In the, in the, this is the fourth time they've met in a G1, and this is the first time they've had a winner. They've always gone to a draw. So that was a nice little touch for the first G1 show in, in America. Um, yeah, New Japan's, New Japan's uh, really reliable, uh, uh, and, and G1 season's always great. Uh, as Paul said, it's, it's very o- overwhelming. I'm sure I will not keep up with it as it rolls on. This one was easy to watch because it actually started at 11 p.m. our time on a Saturday. Well, at least but, we, uh, we can cherry-pick the, the better matches anyway. Even from that, yeah. Uh, well, yep. based on your based on your um, review there, Barry, I just signed up for a New Japan World. And I'll tell you what's great about about New Japan World. It's only like eight euros. Japan. That's grand. Uh, what's What's better than that versus WWE Network is uh, New Japan's search function actually works. Ooh. Uh, which not only that, not only does the search function work. Uh, I don't know how long after the main upload goes up, but but fairly quickly after the show is uploaded, they also segment the matches. So yeah. if you go on there and you type in the search bar Shingo Osprey, the first result will be 
the Shingo Osprey match on its own with the entrances and the post match uh, promo, but just isolated on its own. It's I think it's including all the post match uh, uh, interviews and theatrics. It's like an hour long file, but it's just so easy to just go in. I want to watch this match, and I don't want to fast forward and skip any other stuff. Like it's really really well done, um, and they have and they've they've. Um, They've upped the the amount of uh, English commentary on their show uh, tenfold. So now pretty much any notable match you're going to want to watch, you'll have commentary on there. And it's good commentary as well. Kevin Kelly, really good. Uh, his kind of rotating chair of, of cohorts are, are usually very good. And if they're not great, he tends to carry it anyway. And of course, you had but, that sh- Southern Showdown show as well, featuring OTT's very own Don Marnell. Yes, which I, I haven't watched that yet. I heard, funnily enough... Will Ospreay versus uh, Robbie Eagles uh, was was fantastic on that show. So I want to watch that match because they always have good matches, and I want to hear Don Marnell. I heard he did very well, uh, and that's from from non Irish people as well. I saw people who just follow New Japan saying that the Irish guy did pretty well. Um, so, so good for him. Um, I think towards the end of his run in Ireland, when he ditched the character, I thought he was very good on the VOD. Yeah, me too. Uh, so so well done to him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you just you know if you. Uh, if you want to just cherry pick stuff from the best of super juniors and then cherry pick stuff from the G1, you'll you'll more than get your your, your tenors worth. Um, uh, yeah, one thing I would do, even if you you signed up for the uh, the grapple app, didn't you? Uh, yeah, but I wasn't using it, so I just let it go. Well, no, but that's what I was going to say is because I actually uh, I was watching all of the best of super junior tournament matches, hmm. but that got extremely time consuming, so I made it to day eight watching all of those. And what I did after that was. I went on to the uh, Best of Super Junior uh, event page on Grapple, and it shows you the average rating. So for the second half of the tournament, I was like, all right, if you have an average of above, say, 3.5, I'll, I'll maybe watch you, hmm. unless there's people in it that I know I don't like. And so that's really, and again, with, with New Japan's search engine being as good as it is, okay. go on there, see a match that's well regarded. You're like, grand, I'll pop that on. You watch it. They have the match set up for you, all isolated on its own. Very easy to just cherry pick your your faves. So I would say, uh, uh, if if that's what you wanted to do for the uh, 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 for the for, for the month you have your sub there, uh, not, go not, for it. Not a bad idea. So yeah, that's the old wrestling guff. There is, folks, a fucking shit ton of wrestling coming our way uh, in the next uh, week. Next week, lads, uh, uh, tonight. Oh, we have to do our Slammiversary preview. Um, uh, <laughs> Remember Slammiversary? Oh, the good old days. Yeah, that's the concept of the pay-per-view. <laughs> um, so Slammiversary is tonight. Next week, we got AEW back again with Fight for the Fallen. Uh, that has Cody and Dustin versus the Bucks. And Shima versus Kenny Omega. So that should be cracking. Uh, oh next week, I'm, I'm just looking at... Last- Sorry, Slammiversary from a decade ago, right? Had Mick Foley defending the TNA world title in a King of the Mountain match. That was only 10 years ago today. Well, not today. 10 years ago, Slammiversary. Slammiversary. It was in June. June of 2009. Weirdly enough, I remember the finish of that match. It was Samoa Joe was about to win, and then he handed the title to Kurt Angle, who hung it and won. Um, Good stuff, as always. Um, that it, although this year's show has Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan, so hmm. 
So, so there you go. Um, yeah, so we got Fight for the Fallen next weekend. Also next weekend, as we discussed last week, Paul, uh, Evolve on the WWE Network making their debut. Yeah. Um, basically counter-programming uh, AEW. So uh, obviously we don't we don't typically really care about Evolve on the show, but since it's on the network, I might give it a gander just to see what they're doing. Uh, and also two additional G1 shows, which we're obviously we're not going to be doing any kind of extensive G1 coverage on this show. But if uh, if there's any if I if I have time to watch them, I might give a little shout on this show for hey, here's your weekly G1 matches, Barry Life that you can check out on the Owl New Japan World. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan, namely if you're like unemployed and have 17 hours a day to, to watch all the wrestling that's on. Um, and I think we'll wrap it up there and, and call it a week. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, uh, talking all that stuff I just mentioned, plus our various other goths. We'll hopefully have Joe weighed in on the old Spider-Man, and uh, uh, we might have some Stranger Things chat as well if myself and Paul can, can get into it. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Chairshoppodcast.com if you want to send us an email like Scott did this week, like Marcus attempted to do last week, uh, and uh, we'll try and read it out on air, uh, and we'll be back next week to, to follow up on all of that. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. Goodbye.